This is Retirement Roadmap Radio with Mark Fricks from Master Plan Retirement Consultants. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Mark Fricks provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retirement Roadmap Radio with your host, Mark Fricks. Hello again and welcome to another episode of Retirement Roadmap Radio with me, Mark Fricks, your host, and being joined today, as always, Mr. Tony Shore. We have a great show for you today. I know I always say that, but it's always a great show, right, Tony? So that's probably Uh, what I should say. Yeah. (laughs) exactly nobody's ever argued with me so you know (laughs) no nobody's gonna argue with that you always do a great show mark you always have you always bring the education i like that you try to educate our listeners on uh financial mistakes to avoid which is what we're talking about today that's what i do i bring my yeah and you're wearing red you're kind of christmasy today kind of in the holiday spirit we've got our staff lunch today so uh oh fun try not to have more than one wine because I do have meetings this afternoon, so yes, want to be yes. coherent. Oh yeah, yes. always. Yeah, I mean, I always drink before the radio show, but but not. <laughs> no, no I don't. You're <laughs> I don't. joking. Please, He's I'm joking. Kidding, yes, kids. please, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I wait till after the show. No, not really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so I think so. You know, being end of year, um, I like to get into things to kind of a reset you know, for next year. Right. So today we're going to do 10 mistakes to, uh, 10 estate planning mistakes to avoid. Uh, cause it's a good, what was that? Oh, you're opening a, a drink, a beer. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> so it's okay for you to Pop drink before the, the show. It's just not me. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Champagne. I get it. I get it. Okay. Um, new year coming up here. Uh, so yeah, yeah with, so a good time to kind of take a look at what's going on and, uh, uh, I think estate planning is something that's overlooked probably more than anything. Yeah. Uh, we don't like to think about it, you know, but inevitably we're going to pass away, uh, you know, one way or the other. Right. So it, it's it's good to be prepared. You don't want to leave your loved ones with a mess. So uh, we're going to cover those 10 estate planning mistakes to avoid and maybe a couple of ideas of how to correct them as well. So you be that ready? That sounds great. Yeah. Well, well that this. sounds great, Mark. And uh, I'm just happy to be here with you today. I think I've had a great week, but it's been, we were talking before the show, it's really busy before the holidays. And uh, during the holidays, we get a little time to relax, but that means we have to kick it down now. And estate planning, you know, this is is hitting close to home because my grandfather was 101 and he passed away this past summer and um, kind of a mess. He had a will, but you know, there's always things contested and not everybody in the will was involved. Some of his kids were and some of his kids weren't as far as involved in helping him plan that will. So mm-hmm. that caused some tension. Sure. So it, there are a lot of mistakes that I saw that could have been corrected uh, in the, in his estate plan. Having a will though is a big step. That's uh, that's a big one. Well, and that's kind of, that's kind of the point. Number one is not having a real plan in place. So what does that mean? Well, you know, first of all, having a will is not a plan. 
It's a will. Right. Okay. So you really have to look at your entire situation and make sure ownership is correct. Make sure beneficiaries match up to what you want to happen. Uh, as we yep. know, Tony, beneficiaries take precedent, precedence over the will. Precedent. Uh, precedent uh, over the will. So if you have a beneficiary name, but your will says something else, it's going to be the beneficiary. And so you want to make sure those are correct. Actually, for our clients, we'll do a beneficiary audit. Uh, once every other year, just to make sure they're lined up correctly. Uh, so that's that's important. But um, but definitely at least having a will and uh, the beneficiaries lined up correctly. We go a few steps further. Uh, we want to make sure you have a financial power of attorney. We want to make sure you have a health care directive. Um, and many times, uh, some of our clients, it's important to have a trust uh, because a trust avoids probate, gives better control. We like to say control beyond the grave, uh, things like that. And then you've got to be careful careful with ownership that I mentioned briefly, because uh, even if you don't have a trust, um, you want to make sure that things are owned correctly. And what I mean by that, let's let's say you're a right. married couple and you have a house. Um, I was talking to a couple the other day and come to find out their house is just in his name. Um, mm. That may be okay, but it's, it's got to go through probate. And so it's much easier in that case to at least have it jointly owned. Uh, and that yeah. way it automatically passes to the other one. I'll tell you another mistake some people miss. And this is poor communication from uh, real estate closing attorneys. And that's there's two ways to own something jointly, joint tenants or tenants in common. Tenants in common, also known as TIC, T-I-C, means that if you pass away, it doesn't go to your spouse, even though it's owned jointly, it goes into your will. And that's the last thing you want to happen, unless it's a very specific situation. And so just be careful of things like that. Uh, sounds like uh, a lot of work, but but that's why clients hire us many times is because we take them through most of this for them and with them. So it makes it a little bit easier. So, Yeah, and I know you work alongside estate planning attorneys to help your clients make sure that they don't make these mistakes. And if our listeners have questions, they can contact you. And I know you work alongside some really good uh, estate planners planners yep. that can help them as well. Yeah, and you have to be careful. I mean, um, a, a lot of attorneys, you know, kind of do estate planning on the side, which means they they, they took yeah, a class, they don't specialize, right? In it. And they have some software, but but you know, it's you got to be careful just using a simple will because you could lose your exemption, which we're going to talk about here in point four. So we'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. So. Okay. Point two is not updating your your documents. Uh, so many people walk in the door and their will is 30 years old. They had it done with the kids were babies because they knew yep. it was important. And now none, none of that's been changed. Uh, half the beneficiaries may be passed away. The executor may be passed away. I mean, all these different things, different needs, things of that nature. So make sure it's not something you can just set it and forget it. Make sure that right. you stay up to date. Also, if you've moved to another state, your will is not going to work very well in the new state because each state has state-specific laws concerning wills and things of that nature. So if you've moved, which people do a lot now, yeah, they do. That will's no good uh, or very uh, very little good. So be careful with that. Um, make sure you update if you move. Not only that, but your power of attorney and healthcare directive are all state-specific. So be careful with that. That's true. Uh, I never thought of the moving thing. That's right. If you move, yeah. you got to you gotta get that updated. That's true, especially into another state because each state has their own laws. That's and right. so you want to work with an estate planner who's in the state you're in, uh, number one, because there's different elder care laws, there's different right. uh, estate planning laws. So that's a great point. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, the next one is uh, not planning for long-term care. Now, people may mm. say, well, what's that got to do with estate planning? Well, if you don't have a long-term care plan, I don't mean a policy necessarily, but a, a plan, okay, then you may not have an estate to leave. Uh, 70% of people 65 and older are going to need long-term care of some form or fashion. It could be home health care. It could be assisted living. It could be a nursing home, but 70% of people 65 and, that and older. delete your that will wipe out your savings or your estate quickly, right? Well, when you six, consider six to twelve thousand dollars a month. Oh yeah, you consider in the Atlanta area, it's a hundred thousand a year for a nursing home. Uh, up yep. north, I've heard one twenty to one hundred fifty thousand a year. Yep. Tell me how long uh, your money is going to last, and then you pass away and you leave a spouse with nothing. You know, yeah. uh, or kids with nothing I, you know, may or may not be important to some of our uh, listeners. You know, the kids sure. are, you know, hey, I, I sent them to college. They can make their own. But yeah. but even the spouse <laughs> being left with nothing as well. Oh, yeah. So yeah. long term care planning is kind of a part of estate planning. Uh, and if you want to leave a legacy, there are ways to leverage your money to actually increase your estate and even increase it from a tax free standpoint. So and again, protect it from being that spend down yep. uh, in long term care. You work with that. You know, there's elder care law that a lot of people don't understand. And I know right. you've helped people protect their funds from going to the state if them or their spouse should need long term care. Yep. More than one way to skin a cat. So, yep. <laughs> Exactly. What's I, next? I'm not saying you should skin a cat, listeners. I'm just saying there oh, yeah, is no. more than I don't want to yeah, add, wow. add yeah, Don't want to encourage that. Okay. Uh, so, Peter's going to be all over the show. Right. They'll be marching out front. All right. So uh, <laughs> it's an old expression. You know what's nice is is I laugh at my jokes more than anybody. So you do, and uh, that's important. <laughs> that's right. that's that's really important. Oh, I just I, I know sh- I should have had the. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I love life. I love what I do. Uh, you know, just be happy, right? <laughs> Don't worry, be happy. So, all right. Um, so, the next one is not planning for state tax liability. Okay, so mm. you know, right now, state taxes are uh, not as bad as they used to be. Uh, the Trump tax cuts introduced uh, a higher exemption, and what that means is, for folks that aren't familiar with this, is if you're a married couple. <clears throat> You each have an exemption of eleven point four million. So, in other words, your first eleven point four million of your estate is not taxable for estate taxes or death taxes. Okay, if you have the proper will or trust, which many people don't, you can preserve that for both of you. So now you've got twenty two point eight million of exemption. For most people, that's plenty. So. Rule one is make sure you have the proper language to preserve both of your exemptions. And an uh, right. I love you will does not preserve that. Lo- honey, I love you. Here's all my stuff. You just lost your exemption by sending it directly to your spouse as opposed to through a built-in trust. Point number two, mm. the Trump tax cuts expire December 31st of 2025, which means that exemption drops back down to $5 million plus a little bit of inflation. So now each spouse has 5.3 million exemption. Okay. So that's been drastically cut if they expire, which they most likely will in 2025. Okay. Many candidates have been promising to lower that to two or 3 million. So now if you've got an estate worth two or three, uh, you know, more than two or 3 million and you don't capture the exemption, anything above two or 3 million is going to be taxed at close to 50%. 
Now, wow. let me give you the double whammy. Most people's assets are tied up into houses and IRAs. So to pay the estate tax, you got to take it out of an IRA. Is that taxable, Tony? It yep. Definitely is. <laughs> Try taking $3 million yep. out of an IRA and see what your tax rate is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, about 20 to 30% of that money is going to be Uncle Sam's. And, that's uh, a joint account. If it's a traditional IRA or 401k, correct. That's a joint account with Uncle Sam and he's yep. going to take the highest tax rate probably. Oh, it will be the highest if you're taking out 2 or 3 million, it'd be 37 yeah. point whatever and if the new tax rates expire, it'd be 39%. I think 39.7 plus state possibly. So yeah. I, again, uh, that's an important part of estate planning. Most people Totally don't get that. Okay. Uh, so let's see. I'm just looking at my show notes here. So give me just a moment. The next item is making sure we, we kind of mentioned this earlier about ownership of accounts, but I want to introduce a, a, what I call uh, the poor man's way of estate planning. Okay. So this is what typically happens. Let's say the husband passes away, the wife is left, she's in her 70s or 80s, and she's getting concerned and worried. And, you know, can she control her assets? What if, what if she, you know, gets Alzheimer's? And so she picks her favorite daughter and says, honey, I'm going to put your name on my house. I'm going to put your name on my checking account, my savings account, yeah. all of that stuff. That way, if I die, you're on it too. And, and you can just get into it and do what you need to do. Okay. Sure. So what you've just done is you have just gifted that daughter half of your house. You've gifted them half your checking. You've gifted them half your savings. Whatever you put their name on, you have gifted it. Uh, so first of all, there's a gift tax involved. Okay. Secondly, you've just lost control of your house. What if your daughter got married and got divorced? Half your house is going to be on the chopping block for the divorce. Half your checking, half your savings. Don't do it. Okay. Two things you can do. Number one, financial power of attorney will give them the right to access your account. Okay. Access your house, whatever. Okay. Number two is um, you can put them as a, a signer on your checking, just not ownership. Be careful with that. Okay. Uh, that way they can go in and write a check. They just don't own half the account. Now, when it comes to the house, again, financial power of attorney. If you've gone to a nursing home, you have Alzheimer's, uh, your daughter needs to sell the house, she can do it with a financial power of attorney. Don't put somebody's name on your property. Okay. That's a big no, no, <laughs> right? Don't do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one is, um, lacking liquidity. So what does that mean? Well, you pass away. Um, a lot of your accounts are going to get frozen. Okay, so if you got a checking account, and even if your daughter can sign on it, bank gets wind that you've passed away, and they watch that stuff. They will freeze that account. Well, how are you going to pay for the funeral? You know, or maybe you don't keep enough in that account. Maybe you have it in an IRA, and so your daughter gets money out of the IRA. Well, it's been reported to the IRA company that you've passed away. They've frozen that account. So you want to make sure you have liquidity that somebody can get to. Um, and it, I hate to say keep cash, but I mean, it may even come to that. Or if you, if somebody passes away, uh, you know, the first thing I do is go to the bank and empty the safety deposit box and empty the account or something. Um, yeah. just, just have some money because the funeral home's going to want to be paid. Um, and that's usually, you know, it, that, that's what needs to be done in the first seven days. Now, you know, uh, 
you usually have to go through probate to get some of these accounts unfrozen. So it could be six to nine months before some of these things are available. So have some money set aside, have some liquidity available. Hey, if you want to prepay your funeral, a lot of people are doing that now. That's not a bad idea. And that's usually where the first money needs to come from. Um, You know, because it takes you usually three to four weeks to get a death certificate. Um, So if you've got a life insurance policy, it may take a month and a half to two months to get that money. Okay. So again, and, and also I found that this recently, a lot of funeral homes are no longer accepting life insurance policies. Used to, you could sign it over to them. A lot of them are not doing it anymore. And so you, like, they want their money. Uh, so that's, that's, yeah. we, and we've experienced that. We've had, you know, several wow. deaths in the last couple of years. And, and so we're encouraging again to make sure you've got some money somewhere. Uh, if you're, if you're a married couple, maybe have two separate checking accounts, you know, set aside for, for something like that, you know, um, Anyway, just some just some things again that people don't think about, um, but uh, that could certainly happen. So yeah, wow, uh, that was one I'm unaware of. Uh, I don't know how they dealt with my grandfather. I think he had prepaid for the funeral and the plot. Yep. I mean, he was 101, and I think they had prepaid for all of that. Or even one of these. Uh, there's a. Um, I think you could even get funeral policies or something like that that may can that might be able to be transferred over. I'm not sure, sure. Uh, yeah. but uh, that that's important kind of stuff. And hey, yeah. if you know where you're going to be buried, if you know what funeral home you're going to use, go meet with them. You know, and say, yeah. hey, how would this work? If I died, what you know, what do you need? Yeah. How do you you know that kind of stuff? So I know it sounds yeah. kind of that's weird, and you know, if you're forty, probably not okay. But if you're <laughs> you know into your sixties and beyond, that's it's probably not a bad idea. So yeah, start thinking about that. Uh, the next one is not considering the impact of income taxes. And we've kind of already touched on this. We touched on estate taxes, um, kind of touched on income taxes. Be very careful. Make sure you're working with somebody that understands taxes. Because if you pass away, um, you can leave your IRA to your spouse with absolutely no tax if it's done properly. Okay. If not, it could become fully taxable. Also, though, make sure that you have a planner that uh, meets your children or your beneficiaries below your spouse uh, to make sure they understand that uh, if they inherit an IRA, that could be spread out over 10 years or maybe do a trust that automatically spreads it out over 10 years so that it's not taxed all at once. That IRA does have to be emptied within 10 years for beneficiaries below your spouse, uh, but a lot, you know, I can see a lot of kids inheriting a five hundred thousand dollar IRA and, and taking it all out in year one. Boom, you know, forty percent of it's gone immediately. So you want to preserve that. Let maybe just take out ten percent a year for ten years, uh, or have them make them do that by using, like I said, a trust that they can only take out ten percent a year. It's still growing, you know, and and you're paying less tax on it. So right. Right. That's that's a really good one. Um, obviously, taxes are a huge part of this and mistakes to avoid because that's where a lot of people end up making some costly mistakes. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. so many, so many. And I don't know why people, you know, don't maybe I think some people just don't realize what a retirement planner is, a holistic retirement. I think a lot of people think, you know, my guy down at Wells Fargo or Edward Jones, you know, they don't do that kind of stuff. Uh, I'll go see an attorney. Well, the thing about an attorney is you ask for a will, they're going to give you a will. 
sometimes you don't know what to ask for. And many attorneys <laughs> yeah. won't advise you. You know, they'll just kind of say, okay, I'll do your will. So uh, having a planner that's looking at your entire picture like we do is so much more powerful and you're much less likely to have something fall through the cracks. So, yeah. Yep. In a lot of situations, and you've mentioned it a couple of times tied to a couple of these uh, mistakes to avoid, and that's e- having a trust. Yeah, I'm, I certainly would not come on here and advise somebody to get a trust because I don't know my listeners. I don't know your situation. Right. But, Everybody's situation right. is different. But, but trust, that, in a lot of cases, that can help. Yep. And there's not really any negatives with a trust, except it's a little bit more expensive to put together. Otherwise, there's a whole lot of positives, but not right for everybody. So again, no recommendations today, just... Uh, you know, it's it, it's something you want to discuss with somebody that knows sure. what they're talking about. Yep. Sure. Uh, the number eight is not planning for minor children and minor beneficiaries. Okay, so if you've got minor children or or maybe some of your grandkids are going to be inheriting something, make sure you have uh, it set up so that there's a minor's trust created at your mm-hmm. passing because they can't inherit if they're under eight, age eighteen. Um, you don't want them inheriting if they're under age 18. Yeah, you, <laughs> you may not want them inheriting if they're under 30. I don't know. But, yeah. but you could, that, yeah, so, and also, Depends on the kid, right? <laughs> well, and even then, you know, we still like to spread it out because if, if a 25-year-old inherits something, again, if they're married and then they have marital problems and divorce, whatever they inherited is half of it's up for grabs. If it's being held in trust and paid out over time, only what they've inherited is up for grabs, not what's still on the trust. So there's more than one reason to spread things out. Hey, my kid's yes. great. They would never blow the money. Yeah, but their spouse fight. Okay, so yeah. be kind of careful of that. True. Uh, and also, of course, guardianship. If you have young children, who's going to take care of them if something happens to both of you? And that's certainly something you need to think about as well. So Sure. Okay. Uh, another thing is not incorporating charitable giving and bequest. And this comes down to like if you do have a state tax problem or you, you know, you don't need all the money and you don't want your kids getting it all. Or maybe you want to uh, get it out of your estate for long term care planning or whatever. Certainly, there's certain trusts you can set up. Um, there's a Q-tip. There's a quad, uh, not a quadro. Um, there's another one but uh, slipped my mind. Well, you can actually uh, enjoy the income from these assets, but get it out of your estate. And then at your passing, it goes to a charity or a church or whatever. And so it's a little bit higher level of planning for people that have a little bit more money. But again, if you're not working with somebody that understands these concepts, um, you know, Tony, you know me, I'm all about the more you keep and the less the IRS gets, the better for everybody. And I've not, I think I had one client that said they didn't care. (laughs) <laughs> so, and I'm not sure why, wow. but, but yeah, they were like, well, I'm dead. I don't care. Okay. Well, that's fine. And you, you know, wow. You, that's, you an, that's an interesting take. <laughs> you but do your you're thing. Right. And- uh, it's, yeah, it's not about what you make. It's about what you keep. Right. And so that's, that's what you're saying there. You want to make sure uh, that you can keep as much as possible. Right. Um, you can't take it with you though. So you need a plan in place. Yep. Absolutely. Um, that's nine. The last one I've kind of already talked about is, again, it's making sure that you review the beneficiary decisions, making sure they line up, making sure that, um, you know, it's it's being distributed the way you want it to be distributed. There's the old story. We're here in the Atlanta area. So Lockheed was a big employer in my area for many, many years. They had like 25,000 employees there at one time. Uh, had uh, had this guy that, that um uh, passed away in his 401k and pension. The beneficiary was his ex-wife from 20 years ago. 
He had never oh. changed it, you know, and so that's happened more than once. So uh-huh. his wife and kids of 20 years got nothing, and she got, because beneficiary designations take precedent over the will, right? You can go to court every day of the week and twice on Sunday. It's not going to change it, okay? That wow. beneficiary rules. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, so. Been a good one, but Mark, uh, that does it for today's episode. We're out of yep. time now, and uh, I hope everybody out there has a happy holidays. Absolutely, and don't put this off, folks. This is important stuff. Don't leave a headache, because if you don't have a will, the courts will decide, okay? And you don't want the courts deciding who gets what, okay? Because they'll give it to pretty much anybody you're related to, all right? So anyway, masterplanretire.com. Hope everybody has a great holiday season. And until we see each other again, remember, plan well and prosper. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Retirement Roadmap Radio. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Mark Fricks at Master Plan Retirement Consultants. Call 770-980-5262 or visit their website at masterplanyourretirement.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services offered through Master Plan Retirement Consultants, a registered investment advisor in the state of Georgia. Mark Fricks and Master Plan Retirement Consultants are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.